Good morning, good morning, everyone. There's Sharon, there's Chris, Alina. Good morning, team. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat, 28th of September. The year's getting away on us, folks. The year's getting away on us, that's for sure. Hopefully you're all well wherever you are. Hopefully you're staying out of trouble. Sometimes that's a bit boring, but I've found over the years... Too much trouble can cause uh, a little bit of heartache, but there you go. Anyway, hey, morning, James and Aaron and DJ and Alison. Morning, Shay, my love. Hey, thanks, Alison. Yeah, mate, uh, your uh, your enthusiasm is infectious. So uh, thanks for for being being around and uh, always keeping the vibe on the positive, which is uh, which is awesome, mate. So great to see all of you guys here today. Yeah. Let's have a bit of a wealth coffee chat uh, for those who might be new. Hey, there's good morning. There's there's Fiona. Morning, Fiona. Good to see you. Anyone who's new, say hello. Give us a shout out in the chat. Tell us a big new in there. Tell us where you're dialing in from, wherever you are in this fabulous planet, uh, the one, the only planet we we have. Um, where are you dialing in from? Um, Amy, good morning. And there's Simon as well. Good to see you guys uh, jumping on. Uh, for a bit of a listen this morning, if you're new, like I said before, Jason Witten's my name. I've uh, been property investing over 18, uh, 20 years and uh, coaching property investors over 18 years. Morning, Bob. Hey, there's LJ all the way from Townsville. LJ, I grew up in Charters Towers just around the corner. <laughs> there you go. Good spot. Good spot. Bit hot for my liking. I don't know. I grew up there for 17 years. And uh, got down home when I could, but it was a little bit uh, too sweaty for me. But we've got Fiona out in sunny Sydney, Illawarra, Amy. That's good to see. Good to see a few people dialing in from wherever you are. Stay safe. Stay well. Keep your keep yourself and your family taken care of. Hey, listen. This morning I want to talk to you about wealth zones, zones of wealth. Um, Michelle's all the way from Sydney. Great to see Michelle. Zones of wealth, the idea that, um, you know, certain locations can yield better value than um, uh, than uh, other locations for certain reasons. And Sam talks about a number of zones. Um, and uh, if you guys have heard Sam talk about his zones, the zones of wealth, um, when it comes to uh, Sam and his presentations. Chuck it in the chat if you know what those zones are because one of them today I'm going to talk about, um, but there's a couple of different versions of zones uh, when it comes to real estate wealth. And um, there's two broad categories of of zones when it comes to where our properties are located um, and the way we should look at owning this real estate and understanding how to manipulate it, all right? So let's have a bit of a look at that. So if you are sitting there at home and thinking, what's he talking about, then stay tuned because I'll fill you in on what I'm talking about in a moment. But uh, if you're there, um, maybe you've heard Sam talk about this before, but there's two major parts in the zone conversation uh, I'm going to talk about today. Two big zones, Okay. Number one, uh, one that uh, is important 
is the live ability zones, right? Now, those livability zones, we're going to talk about those in a second. And these are the ones that Sam has come up with um, and others, of course, zones where locations, real estate is located that has some extra reasons for pri- property prices to go up, okay? Um, and, and it's all about the livability of that zone. And the other zone or types of zone uh, impact we can have with our wealth is, let's talk about this, uh, development zones, okay? Number one, this one here, for some reason my little highlighter is not working. So this zone here, the livability zone, is all about what are we, uh, what is in the the location or close proximity to that location for us to want to live there. And development zone is about what can you do with that piece of real estate into the future, what's called highest and best use. All right, so let's that's laying the foundation for our conversation this morning. So let's dive into it, team. But uh, check this out. A uh, little, little newspaper article just recently talking about a school zone. A school zone, and that school zone here, um, the marketplace is rewarding the owners of people who own in this school zone, which means it's a catchment area where you can send your children to a good school. According to these stats, and sometimes you've got to double-check these, that's for sure, but, uh, you know, um, for today's purposes of the conversation, it's as accurate as we need that these locations, these properties, these areas, school zones where you can send your kids to school have grown significantly um, in comparison to the, the surrounding market. Other areas that don't have the school zone location, the school, the school attendance location, uh, haven't grown as much. So if we think about this as we build our portfolio team, you think about what types of zones we could own real estate in. And Sam is always, always, always looking at these zones to catapult our values forward. So number one, a school zone. If you don't have to spend, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 a year to send your children to a private school or a selective school, a selective public school, etc., you can live in that area, then there'll be a compensation or a change in the value um, of that area because that will be attractive, a school zone. Tell me in the chat team, what other zones, livability zones, living zones, do people covet uh, and desire when it comes to um, uh, having a better lifestyle. Chuck one in the chat for me. If you guys know, well, I'll have a little sip of my coffee because it's always good to get you guys maybe thinking and get involved um, in this little bit of a chat. Now, Sharon's on it. Yes, there we go. Boom. There you go. Awesome. Nice one, gang. All right, there's green zones. Totally. There's sand zones or beach zones, beach sort of water zones. Um, the uh, medical 
Um, medical zones are absolutely golden. Um, and uh, we certainly do have some employment uh, employment zones slash locations as well. The sea tree change that's sort of, um, you know, often taken care of. Um, Amanda, in the the green zones, like, you know, people wanting to move to, you know, uh, bigger blocks of land, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Chris nailed the other one. There's sort of knowledge zone. Knowledge, and it's kind of an extension, sort of unis and, and um, universities and, and tapes and, and education places over and above the school zone, okay? So when we have a look at our properties and our locations of where we own these bits of real estate, you can see a uni before Corona. I think I think we'll have a well. I think we'll have universities um, um, in that way afterwards as well, uh, Bob. But it'd be interesting. You think about that right now. You go, okay, what would it look like? What is what are the universities of the future look like? What do those locations look like? Um, and um, you know, uh, it's it's really something really interesting to pontificate. Pontificate. So think about that school zone, green zone where there's lots of access to either, you know, parks, um, the bush, uh, on the fringes of cities with really nice lifestyle blocks, uh, etc. We know this one, the sand zone, the the ocean. The closer you, to, you can get to the ocean, um, the more money you put in your pocket. That that it's kind of it's been a bit of a, um, it's been a bit of a staple for a long time, but when we look at these areas as well, if we put in these zones, plus we put in well-designed functional real estate, you know, it's it layers on top and on top and on top. The value becomes exponential. Medical zones, employment, knowledge and uni, etc. So you guys see this um, as you go. <laughs> You're dead right, Alison. You know, um, because it's it, uh, I've said this one for a while. You know, um, there's been a few people moving to regional locations, uh, not as many as you think, folks. Um, uh, the majority of Australians internally, from a moving point of view, leaving the big cities, Sydney and Melbourne predominantly, uh, have moved to southeast Queensland. Okay, uh, and a small amount have moved to regional cities. Now, those regional cities, uh, even 1,000 people moving into a regional city or 500 overwhelms those cities from a supply point of view because no one's building stuff there. Um, and, you know, prices in the short term are affected and so to are rents. Uh, but you've got to remember this, folks, if you think about those regional locations, excuse me, the economics of those regional locations, what is the normal when... Um, when you know this thing blows over, and and the everyone has to have a local job, you know, does the local job sustain that rent or those property prices? And nine times out of ten, the answer is no. So don't get too caught up in short term, you know, get rich quick. I've got to buy something in a regional location because it's going up in value. Um, I think that that's short term as far as I'm concerned. If it's something you're going to own forever. Buy well, never sell. Good location. There might be a reason for it. E.g., you know, ten acres, one hour from the city. You know, it's going ballistic. I, I own a, a pretty cool little 
plot of land down Byron Way and it's it's crushed it. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So, listen, folks, what's the other zone we talked about? We talked about a development zone, a development zone, something that is um, is able to be densified. I don't even know if that's a real word. Um, higher density into the future uh, from where it is today, okay? And uh, I pulled up um, a little map of Melbourne right here, and I'll, I'll zoom in for the for you guys. Hopefully, we can see this together. But if you look at this, when we take a look at the, the councils and the governments, either the local councils, the state governments, and the national governments, they're talking about how do we keep the population in our cities uh, that's the plan. Uh, the government does not want dispersal, continuous continuous uh, urban sprawl out to the nowheresville into the middle of nowhere. So, so they go ahead and have a look at potential development processes, right? Greenfield, um, large infill, dispersed infill, greyfield and urban boundary growth. And every city... Every city, folks, every state has a plan when it comes to these things. So uh, this is one thing that I've done over the years, certainly when we look at, um, you know, potentially our joint ventures and developments. Um, uh, when you have a look at these here, team, if you have a look at large-scale brownfield, greenfield, dispersed infill, greyfield and urban boundary growth, where, tell me in the chat, what do you guys think would be um, – the most desirable development style um, for us as property investors in here. Have a look at which one of those ones do you think and, and, and maybe just take a guess or some of you wouldn't know. Tell me what do you guys think here. Do you think we should invest in large-scale brownfield sites on the edge of nowhere? Uh, greenfield sites, which are a bit better planned, but they're still on the edge. Uh, dispersed infill, which hmm, uh, I think there might be a bit of a answer in that one. Greyfield or urban growth right out in the boundary. What, what do you guys think? Um, whack that in the chat for me when you think, all right, well, where, where would I put my money? Where's the pressure? Where is the infrastructure? Where is the stuff um, already and when we're, what we're looking at? Um, and uh, let's have a bit of a... Uh, a look at that. And yes, Chris, that is the one certainly I think is um, worth having a look at. And if you think about this team, these things called dispersed infill, um, but infill sites, now this map's a bit blurry, so apologies. Um, infill sites in Melbourne, you know, these are areas where the the council have identified they want um they want to densify and put more dwellings in these sites, right? So, you know, little site there and a little site here and so on, you know, what does that look like? And, um, you know, this is about four or five years old now, this map. So think about that when it comes to uh, those things. And, yes, absolutely, Alison. You know, if we look at the CBD, uh, where am I? I've got my right orientation here, you know. If we look at sort of CBD rings, you know, if we said, all right, well, if we have a dispersed uh, infill site, an infill site within, you know, that, you know, five-kilometre ring of Melbourne 
or the 10-kilometre ring of Melbourne, you know, that's going to be super attractive, you know what I mean? And then you've got your other things like, you know, um, certain transport hubs and education hubs and so on uh, when we have a look at this. Uh, so it's just an idea, just an insight team of the sort of the due diligence, the the understanding of the economics and the pressures uh, that build uh, underneath your property portfolio when you have a look at it. But, you know, tell me, folks, and this is what I always say, all right, you can purchase, you know, you can purchase in here or, you know, let's go all the way out to here and buy something, all right? So this is sometimes when we talk about, um, you know, a lot of people talk about houses versus apartments, and it's it's actually not houses versus apartments. That's a stupid way to look at things. Um, it's just um, the, the location of the economic support of the dwelling. That's what it is, right? So over here, you know, what is the dollars and cents, the economics of that location compared to this? the economics of this location and the economics will drive the value okay um, and you have to make a decision as an investor which one of those locations and pieces of real estate are going to gather the most value the most attraction from a rent point of view so if you think about this imagine you had an infill site um, driven by a school zone or a a medical zone or a knowledge zone, can you see how those things can, you know, double and triple uh, the pressure on the value um, as you find these locations as a property investor? So, team, hopefully that makes sense um, when it comes to the zones of wealth. Uh, there's a number of ways to look at it and they can compound if you stack them on top of each other for your properties and your values and those things can be quite valuable. That's what Sam and the acquisition team, the buyers uh, the buyers agency team does at Positive. They are always searching and stacking value, value on value on value on value um, when it comes to the properties that they source out for our members and you guys in the mentoring program. But anyway, there you go. Wealth Coffee Chat done. Hopefully, we learnt something together this morning. Anyway, you guys stay well wherever you are. As uh, as always, remember, this thing's a marathon, not a sprint. Folks, it's about going the distance. And uh, my number one rule, buy well, never sell. That's the way we roll around here. You guys stay safe and take care until we chat again, maybe tomorrow, around about 8.05. Take care. Bye for now.